Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Um, today's guest has actually already been a guest before, but the last time he was on, his baby was only two weeks old. Since then, he's had another baby and he's just, you know, he's just boshing his way through parenthood and become the nation's PE teacher at the same time, as well as all the other stuff that he does. It's the amazing body coach, Joe Wicks. Hello. Hello, G. How are you doing? Listen, I can't believe I got a second invite onto your show. Like, I thought it was a one-shot deal. You know, like you do like one episode and that's it. Oh, it's so funny, though, because I was listening today. I can remember when... Um, when we first put the request in, because obviously back then you had announced that Rosie was pregnant. You, it was that thing of no one even knew that you had a girlfriend and then all of a sudden I've got a girlfriend, she's pregnant and that you've been together a long time. And I thought we'd never get you. Like we can put the request in, but someone who's that private, I can remember just being like, well, we won't get him. And then you said yes. And then I was heavily pregnant. I had, but I gave birth two weeks after that. And so it was a case of if if he's going to chat, we need to do it now. So it ended up being when Indy was only two weeks old, 
And I, I'd literally, it's, it's crazy to think that since then, you've welcomed another. It's busy. How much yeah, life so has, much changed? has changed? So much mo- mo- life moves so fast. And when you think about like, that was almost two years yeah. ago. Indy's two, like two years ago. So life seems to move so much quicker when you've got kids, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And at that time as well, Indy was in a really calm stage and she was really like sleeping all the time and it was amazing. And I can remember two weeks later, or well, by the time the podcast had gone live, um, you sending me a video and being like, yeah, no, it's not as calm as it was anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Things are changing all the time. It's never, you know, one night she'll sleep through the night, other times she's waking up through the night. It's the same with Marley. I just think with kids, it's just there's no way of knowing really what's going to happen. It's all just different things affect their sleep, I think. But yeah, I love being a dad. You know, I love sharing my journey with Indy and now Marley, who's almost five months old. So he'll start weaning next month. And I, I love it. I love promoting, you know, parenthood and being there and being supportive and being present because I didn't have that as a kid. I, you know, I've talked about my parents and my grow upbringing. And I, I really want to be a positive role model to other dads out there, you know? Well, not even dads, like children as well. Like the whole thing of in lockdown becoming the nation's PE teacher, whether you knew that was going to happen or not, like kids really look up to you and respect you. And I know that that was something that you're already doing to a certain extent before anyway, but now it just must, it's just blown up and become this huge thing like Buzz and Buddy my boys my two eldest boys absolutely love it when I was showing Buzz today, Buzz today he's like P.E. Joe P.E. Joe it must feel really weird that when you're in this weird situation you've actually become a role model to not just dads but to everyone that everyone's doing it oh, I love that your boys are doing it I love that it's been a fun few weeks I mean look 10 weeks we've been doing it and I, I didn't really know how long it was going to go on for I planned on just doing it for a week see how it went but it's been so successful. There's been schools all over the UK that are still open and nurseries that are open. And then obviously parents and families at homes, but all over the world. It's not just a UK thing. It really has been global. I've had 65 million views now on all the workouts since we started. So I'm really proud that I've been able to bring people together through through the lockdown to like, you know, give them some inspiration. And, you know, like when I'm bounced around in the kangaroo outfit or dressed like Harry Potter, people are having a laugh and they're, they're enjoying it. So it's definitely something I'm super proud that I've achieved and I've helped a lot of people. Yeah. So the last time we were together, um, Indy was two weeks old. What was the first year of having Indy like? I, I've I've got such a great experience of Indy because like she's she's been really great. You know, we're asleep. You know, things are a little bit different now. Now she's in her own bed. She's got a big bigger bed upstairs. So like I've just been struggling for the past half an hour to get her to sleep. So <laughs> she goes through phases, but she was a very good sleeper. So I think we had quite a great we had good luck really. You know, good fortune with her sleep. So that was quite nice and. You know, I've I've obviously shared my journey with Indy, like with Ween in 15 and that Instagram account I've got. So you kind of see what she's up to. You can see her, her learning and her speech. And because I'm so, I just love reading to her. So I love reading books. I love doing flashcards. I love, you know, taking her out and taking her shopping and teaching her like different fruit and vegetables. So I'm really actively trying to like encourage her and help her learn. And I really enjoy that. I love seeing her learn and become sort of her own individual character. Mm. Did you have an instant bond with Indy? As soon as she was I think born. My, I've, I found it harder to bond with Marley than I have with Indy. Like with Indy, when she came along, like it was obviously just me and her and Rosie and we could just all hang out. And then when Marley came along, he was much more challenging because he he was, he was basically, we, we didn't realise at first, but he couldn't see anything. For the first three months, he was completely blind. So he had, it's called uh, delayed visual maturity where you can't see for the first few months. So he hated being let, being put down. He hated being on his own. And so 
when Rosie was breastfeeding him, like it was just her and him the whole time. So then I was taking Indy out. So I've really bonded a lot with Indy in the past few months. But now Marley can see he's much happier and he's he's a much calmer baby. Now I'm really bonding with Marley, but it's definitely taken a lot longer than it did with Indy. It can feel quite worrying, I think, when you're the parent who suddenly you, you're aware of that bond not quite being there. But it is one of those things that you just have to trust that and hope that it will it will come. I think we put so much pressure. There's this massive thing that as soon as your baby enters the world, there's meant to be this bond that's unbreakable. But for some people, that's a little bit delayed. Yeah, definitely. It was tough, you know, because Indy needs attention and she needs stimulation. She needs to be, you know, engaged. And I've got to cook and, and be with her. And Marley just was, you know, he was a very upset baby. He had colic, mm. he had reflux. He was just wasn't a happy baby. So that was much more challenging on the on the sleep, I think, psychologically. Because when you've got one, you can just go to bed, you can have a nap in the day you can catch up on your sleep but with, with when you got two it's much harder so I definitely found it more um more challenging and for the first time I truly understand the importance of sleep on my mental health and my physical health because when you're t- when I was tired when I was struggling to to exercise I am still exercising but definitely like way less intense for less amount of time and my food habits and my choices probably weren't as good because when you have broken sleep you crave junk food you can't be bothered to cook you don't want to exercise or if you do it's like way less you're not burning as much energy um and so i really had a massive newfound respect for like for sleep as a as, a, as an important marker in our health for our mental health especially it's it, it's really interesting how quickly that can spiral as well you know you just or, or how linked they are in terms of you just everything just kind of you just it just collapses do you know what i mean in this weird way you kind of just sit in it and it takes a lot of motivation to kind of go, actually, I need to start doing these things to to actually make it through the day and feel better. Well, what I always say is, you know, even if you are tired, and you've had a broken night's sleep, exercise, it doesn't take energy away from you, it actually gives you energy. So even though I was tired for those first few months, I still I still maintained my workouts. I still got up and done something, you know, even if it's 20 minutes or a little power walk. So that cleared my mind more than anything. And it allows you to I always talk about the mental health benefits of exercise now. So as a parent, it's hard to be patient and tolerant all day long. And so mm. when you start to feel you're getting stressed and you're either short with your kids or your partner, like doing a little workout for yourself and taking yourself out of that for 20, 25 minutes. When you walk back down into the living room, you're a different person and you can come at things with more empathy or more understanding. So for me, like I'm a better parent because I exercise, you know, 100%. I react differently to Indy. Like I'm calmer. I'm, 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 I don't need to react... Um, you know, by shouting, I can I can stay calm because exercise is the fundamental part of my day, which really keeps me grounded and keeps me, um, f- you know, um, focused and also just emotionally connected to my children and Rosie. I don't, I totally get that. So after, so the beginning of last year, Bryony Gordon actually she asked me to do a, a 10k, and I was like, I'm really not, you know, at that point I'd not long had Max, and I was like, I don't really know. Um, but in a weird, but she just asked me at a weird phase where I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And suddenly running, which I've never done before, I've always said that I can't run, it's not for me. It suddenly changed my whole outlook on it. And I know the last time you were on, I sort of was talking about how exercise for a lot of my childhood, it became, or sort of my teens and 20s, it was about punishing your body and turning it into something that it should be. And all of a sudden doing the, the um, 10K and starting to run, I felt I li- it was the first time in my, in my life I was really aware of what it was doing to my brain. And how literally I could feel under so much pressure from different areas and not really with the kids. 
but then go out for this run and literally you can come back. Is that thing, come back half an hour later and do you feel like everything is lifted? Nothing has changed. All those pressures are still there, but it's like it's been elevated to a foot above your head and you can move around and it's fine. And I don't think I ever connected those dots before until I did that. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And when you do that, when you see the connection between your mindset and your perception and how you perceive stressful situations, like you realise that exercise can really change your whole outlook on life. And, you know, when you do a physical, whether it's a really high intensity hit or you go for a low intensity, you know, jog or a bike ride, you know, you still feel good afterwards. And it definitely helps you with your, you know, with your patience, I think, for one as a parent, because, you know, when you've got two screaming babies pulling at your feet and that that's really tough. And when you when you neglect your health and fitness, it makes it even harder. So I do believe that as a busy mum and dad, try and, you know, make a daily activity a part of your day, even if it's with the kids going for a power walk and you push the buggy, whatever it may be. But it has a massive impact on all your relationships, whether it's your kids, your partners. So I believe that home workouts and like a daily kind of routine is really important for parenting. I think there was a point in my life where in parenting, parenting where I would feel guilty for having that half hour. Like it was that thing of actually it's something for me. And, and, and it's, again, it's just that actually taking that half hour can make you a better parent in a weird way. It can make 100%. you just react better. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think, you know, we, we neglect it because we, we, we love our kids and it's all about them, but you forget to look after yourself. And, and if you're not happy and confident and energised, it's really hard to, to, be, um, to be present and be really loving and, and patient with other people. So I think, yeah, definitely, you know, if you can, do 20, 25 minutes a day. And I obviously, I've been doing that with the PE with Joe. It's like, you can do it in your living room with your kids bouncing around. You don't need to have a gym and a trainer. You can do it at home. And I think that's the beauty of home fitness, that even if the kids are running about and it's all chaos, you can still squeeze in a little workout together. And it's quite wonderful when they start trying to get on the mat with you and, you know, joining in in their own sweet way. Yeah, they're all they're cl- anytime you seem to do a plank or a push-up, they want to sit on your back <laughs> and make it 10 times harder. <laughs> and Indy's been interrupted. Oh, I love about your videos, actually, the, um, the home workouts, is the fact that Indy just has to wander in because that's real life. You know what I mean? You can't keep her away. It's, that's, that's she- what the situation is. She comes in either, she's normally dressed as a ballerina or she's dressed as a baby shark. She has outfits. So I get fans just Friday and I try and find indie little outfits. But she understands that I'm working. She knows that I'm exercising. She knows that I'm like talking to the camera because she looks up and says hello and waves it. So yeah. she's definitely aware that um, I'm doing something like for work because I sort of, she knows I go upstairs. I've got to work now, darling. But I love, I love that she's learning. And what I see more than ever is I'm shaping her personality. And every time I'm patient and I don't react to her, you know screaming and crying I'm teaching her you know emotional control I'm teaching her to be patient and to share and to be kind and all these things are so important so I believe that role modeling is such an essential part of like their their upbringing like trying to demonstrate that you can stay calm and that you don't have to scream and shout because they are and I'm learning that I read a book I don't know if you've read it it's called happy happy parents calm calm parents happy kids yeah the joy to stress-free parenting and I read it and I and I I listened to the audiobook and it just changed my life. It changed the way I perceive stressful situations as opposed to screaming and shouting or running out of the room and just saying, you know, fight or flight. There's a moment you can just pause and have a breath and think about how can I react? And that really has helped me. Like that book really did change the way I see things. It's interesting because I was talking to another guest um, the other night, actually, about how your upbringing actually can have an effect on that. So I know 
that in my house, it was very loud. There was lots of shouting. Like when me and my brothers, brother and my sister argued, it was all very physical and very loud between us, not with mum and dad. But then when, when you're in that situation, suddenly you don't know what you're meant to be doing. You don't know the tools. And it's quite tough sometimes to go, I'm the parent. I've got this. This is fine. I, I kind of, it's okay not to know and kind of stumble your way through and try out different things. Yeah, totally. And I have days where I still get stressed and I'm not like this Buddha, like Zen, Zen gurus just calm all the time. But I do, I can sense myself getting frustrated and I just have a moment just to breathe and kind of internally like get, get I, I, I'm sort of screaming in my head, but I don't vocalize it because yeah. I don't want to scream at India. I don't want to scream at her because she's, what I learned, more than, one of the things that I really took from that book is that a child's brain, when they're young, like toddlers, it's not rational. They don't have a rational thinking mind. So I have to remember that. And not. And she's not trying to upset me. She just wants that you know, that piece of fruit now. She wants her dinner right now. And so I'm I'm really learning to come at it from a different angle and be be more um, understanding of her, that her brain is just trying to work things out and she can't, she just wants what she wants right now and that's all she knows. Mm. Toddlers is totally unreasonable. Apparently, they go back to that when they're teenagers. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Well, I, I spent my teenage years, you argue with your mum. Like, I was really close and then we argue and then now we're really close. But yeah, you, don't, you, you go through those teenage years where like you think they're your enemy. But really, I'm, you know, my mum has been amazing. You know, and I'm really proud that I've become the man I am because of the way my mum raised me, I think. Yeah. And when she was so young. And I think now having two yourself, does it make you look back to what your mum would have experienced and... And look at the whole situation differently, in, in a way. My mum, yeah, I mean, my mum had me when she was 19. So she had two kids under two at 19 years old. And, you know, my, da- my dad was like in and out. He weren't there. He was in and out of, um, you know, he was a drug addict. So my dad would be in rehab, then he'd be back. So she raised us, essentially. And she, you know, I, I always, I was talking to my brother today about this. Like, so many of the people we grew up with ended up on drugs, ended up in prison, ended up, you know, taking a really the wrong path in life and I keep we ask ourselves like what why did we not choose that direction why did we end up breaking the mold and really stepping away from that culture and that 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 that, that upbringing we had and I think my mum it must be my mum must have been you know we respected her if she said be home by 11 we were home at 11 we weren't taking liberties and being out all night we weren't boozy and we weren't smoking you know we made decisions obviously of our own but my mum and her discipline and her rules we really respected her and I think that's the fundamental part of my upbringing that, that I really needed because I was a bit of a rebel. I didn't, you know, I didn't like rules and didn't like being told what to do, but I still always listen to my mum. Which is pretty incredible for her to have, you know, you think about how many books we read to try and get this right. How many like different pieces of advice we try and take on board, how many podcasts we listen to to hope that we're doing the right thing by our kids and they're going to turn into decent humans. And your mum did that as like a teenager. She got it right. I know. And the more, you know, as you grow up, you start to learn more about your family, like, you know, things you're just not told as a kid. Like my mum had a rough upbringing. She had a tough time. You know, her her dad left her when she was a baby and she was, you know, she spent time in a children's home and stuff. So the more you learn, the more you start to understand your family and their their upbringing and their, you know, any trauma they may have gone through. And then you really start to just love them even more. Like I, I understand my mum now. And so She's very, um, she's very emotional. She needs to be connected to me all the time, and I understand why. Like she loves that, and she needs to be like needed and wanted as as a mum. So yeah, I just think as as you grow older, you sort of get to know your parents a bit more, don't you? You start to unpick the layers a little bit, and you sort of see inside. Yeah, because when you're a kid, they just think, oh, I don't want to tell you that because I'm protecting you, and you shouldn't. You don't need to know that information. Like even my dad, you know 
I understand why my dad got into drugs because his his old man left him. He left his mum and left him and went to live in Canada and had another wife and six other kids. So different different kind of things manifest, don't they? Like my dad was it was addiction with my mum. It was OCD. Like she was OCD cleaning the house all the time, every day, all day long. And I didn't understand understand why as a kid, but now as an adult, I do. And 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 that's um that's just something you learn over time. And so now I really understand my dad and I love him so much because. You know, whatever I've gone through as as a kid, it's shaped me who I am today. And I'm proud of the dad I am. I'm proud of the husband I am. So I don't look back and resent anything that I went through as a kid. Yeah, it would be really hard to because if any part of that was different, you would be different. Yeah, and that's the thing. People, uh, some people can spend their life looking back, regretting and wishing things were different, but I don't. I'm very much like I just think about now. How is my relationship with them today? How am I? You know, how are my friendships with my mum and dad now? And that's the most important thing. But yeah, I mean, parenting is one of those things. You just don't know until you start doing it. And it can be different with one kid. You can do everything the same with one child, and yet it completely changes direction. And, you you know, you've just got to keep doing what you can and be consistent, I suppose. Well, and you can feel like you've boshed it with the first and you've got it all right and you've got the parenting thing under control. And then another one comes along and you're like, whoa, this was not, I did the same thing last time and you're not following the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so the last time you were on you talked about wanting four children and you were like I want to just get on it I want to do this quickly as soon as Rosie's you know Rosie's in we're fine you've now got two how has it been that jump from one to two well we still want more babies but we're definitely putting the brakes on it now like Rosie's um gone back on the pill we're not having any kids at the moment but we still will have a big family but we've even this house you know I haven't got a massive house it's quite a tall house you've got to run up loads of stairs and it's not like it feels quite small because you've got toys everywhere there's you know there's there's buggies everywhere there's trikes there's scooters it's like it's suddenly shrunk and so I don't think we'd even probably squeeze another one in here quite comfortably so maybe we'll have to move house in the future but I I I love being I love being a dad to two kids because what I love is seeing Indy interact with Marley his face like he laughs so much when he looks at her like I don't understand what it is about her but she'll do something really silly and he just bursts into laughter so I can see the love they've got and the bond they've got but yeah look everything takes longer it takes twice as long to get out of the house it takes twice as long to make dinner to make breakfast to to do anything to get in bed to have baths but you get double of the double fun you get double the love you get double the cuddles and the smile so everything is doubled um you have to take the nappies and the poo and all that and everything else on the side but <laughs> what i always focus on is the love that i get from them and just seeing them grow every day so i will never be a parent that ever has anything bad to say about it because i just think it's amazing it is incredible did you have a moment of uh, for me i felt this twinge of sadness almost though when I knew that because we had Buzz and like you, we, I travelled with him to various places. We went to Australia and all sorts and my time was so on him. And then when I knew that, that so having Buddy come along, there was this part of me that was like, that part's end, that chapter's ended. And it's kind of, you're almost grieving that part where he's the only one, but excited for the future. Yeah, it is hard, isn't part. it? It's hard because you you have so many great memories with one, and then you've got to try and balance it out. And it is hard. Like there's an emotion, there's a there's a balance, isn't there, between attention and demand. Who, who who's going to get to do bath time tonight? Who's going to do story time? Who's going to go for the, to do the fun stuff at the park? There's because because you do tend to split, you know, duties. Like if Rosie's got Indy or Mar- sorry Marley, then I'm ten, tending to take Marley out, Indy out more. But now we're getting to the point where Rosie still wants to bond and connect with Mar- Indy. So like today, um, Rosie went out for a couple of hours with Marley with Indy and. 
they had a lovely time, you know, but when yeah. when it's just a case of finding the time with each one, I think, and really dedicating a little bit of one-to-one time. Well, because obviously she's breastfeeding Marley, she'll have to have that time where she is with him all the time, you know, that, and, and, it, and it does. You, for me, I, I know that I felt almost like with Buzz, you, you see him having fun and he's the able one. So Indy's the able one who can do loads of stuff. And I'd see Tom going off with Buzz and doing loads of fun things. And part of you goes, oh, you know, I'm yeah. being, being forgotten about. But it's great well, for Rosie, you and Indy. Yeah, Rosie was breastfeeding for the first three months, but she struggled and she really struggled with... Um, she got like really sore and she tried to push through, but she couldn't do it. So she ended mm. up actually, he's on formula now. But yeah, for the first three months, he was like just breastfed and now he's, um, he's on formula. But yeah, that's another battle, isn't it? She was really, really trying her hardest to push through, but they were so sore and they just wouldn't heal. Like the nipples wouldn't heal. So she ended up um, getting on formula, which, which was nice because in a way I can do a few feeds at night and I can also, I love feeding Marley's bottle of milk, you know, so we get to kind of, she gets a bit more time independence and that's something that yeah. is difficult when you're breastfeeding. So she can go out for a few hours with Indy and, I can be with Marley. So it, it, although it's obviously not what she ideally wanted, it's definitely worked out for the best, I think. Yeah. When I know that you wanted, you said that you wanted to grow your family. Was there a point where you were like, it's now? Or, or have you always been a case of it will happen when it happens? Well, in terms of going for number three? In or no, have... no, in number two, after Indy. Yeah, we went, I just, I just knew, like my brother's exactly the same. He's 18 months older than me and I love the bond we have. So... I said to um, Rosie, let's try and have two close together and let's do it. And, and we, you know, we were really fortunate. She fell pregnant so quick. We didn't really think it was going to happen so quick. But I, I love it. I don't regret it. I think seeing two, how was the gap between your two boys? Uh, 23 months, the top two, and then two and a half, the next lot, next two. Yeah, so you probably had, I probably imagine having the same sort of gap now between the next one. But I don't, you just love that they're quite close. They can play and they're like best friends. It's something that it's amazing. You, only really, you only really get if they're that close together. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. And I love, it's like that thing. I can remember Buzz always making Buddy laugh and they make Max laugh all the time. And it is that thing. You just want to be inside their brains because they just look like they're having the best time. I mean, we get the arguments now as well. And, you know, the crying and all that jazz. But there is something very special about seeing siblings together. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. It's my favourite thing to see them playing together. And he, he'll start weaning next month. So he'll start eating food and they can start sharing food together, which would be fun. Are you going to have a number 40 thing? Are you going to go for it? No, I don't think, I never say never because you just never know. Um, but I don't think my body didn't like being pregnant the last time. It just felt heavy, like my hips hurt, my knees hurt. It wasn't as fun. One thing I'm worried about is, you know, like when you have, let's just say you have, I have a third, to think that that could be your last one. Like it must be hard to say, yeah, this is it. And proper throw in the towel, know that you're never going to have, you know, never going to be pregnant again and never like have those morning cuddles and those like infant days, which I just love. It's, that'd be quite a sad day, I think, when you go, this is the last one. But I think, because someone said to me, when you're done, you know. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And then I found myself getting really excited about getting rid of like naught to three months clothes and passing them on down the family line and, and that sort of stuff. And, and I just think, well, maybe I do know. But at the same time, I know that I could get five years down the line, all three are at school and suddenly be a bit like, oh, don't know. Yeah, but I'm it ready was, for another one. Yeah, but it was amazing this time around. I'm kind of feeling like this is the last time and really enjoying sitting on the sofa with him because I never did that with Buzz with Buzz I was so conscious of everyone telling me you know you've got to put him down you've got to do this you've got to do that they're going to get too attached 
Whereas with Max, I was like, you want to have a nap on me? Have a nap on me. It's fine. He still goes to bed in his cot on his own. He's absolutely fine. Um, but I think first time around, you worry about what everyone else is telling you. Whereas third time around, or, you know, for me, I just kind of relaxed into it a bit and just did what was what worked for us. There is so much advice going about, isn't it? But you never know. Your kid's your kid, isn't it? And it's just, you've yeah. got to just go with the flow. And I think, yeah, some people get caught up. Even with the weaning thing, there's that, you know, the baby-led weaning versus spoon-fed. It's like... Do what works for you. Don't worry about what anyone's doing. Don't worry about what I'm doing, what any other Instagram parents are doing. You know, what works for you is what's going to help and what's going to make you both happy. So, yeah, enjoy. You need to just like enjoy your journey and let it be how you want it to be, not how you think other people should make it on you know, Instagram yeah. and stuff. I have to say, I absolutely love the fact. So, even though Max is my third, I love the fact that you were weaning um, Indy at the same time, literally two weeks ahead of me doing it with Max. I absolutely loved it. When he first gave her broccoli, I was like, yes, I don't know. I get really excited about giving, must be the Italian in me, but giving my children food. You know, that, that, that them, like starting that love of exploring foods and tastes um, is a really special time, I think. Oh, it's my new favourite thing. Like, I love creating a recipe that Indy's never had and like, just seeing if she likes it and sitting down with her. And I went through that whole journey. I was really like nervous because I hadn't, I hadn't weaned a baby. I didn't know what to give them and I didn't know where to go for the information. So I partnered up with an amazing um, nutritionist called Charlotte. Do you follow Charlotte Sterling yeah. Reed? Yeah, she's yeah, great. So she's wonderful, SR Nutrition. And she kind of guided me through the whole journey of Indy and encouraged me to try you know, the veg-led approach. We just gave her veg every day for two weeks and got her onto spices and stews and lentil curries and chickpeas. And so I pushed her through like, I pushed her through from purees to finger foods to like adult food quite quickly. And now she's such an adventurous little, e- little eater. She loves her food. She gets so excited. And so I, I, that's the kind of thing I'm trying to really promote now that you should enjoy weaning. It shouldn't be some scary thing that you really worry about. It can be really fun. And it's over so quick as well. Like the six months from six months up, it goes so quick. And before you know it, they're eating like you anyway. They're eating like adult meals so fast. And like Buzz's plate of pasta is literally the same size as ours now. It's ridiculous. Like soon we're going to have three fully grown men that are eating it more than us. You love your pasta, you don't you, Italians? Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with um, like cheese. I love Parmesan and, like, and burrata and mozzarella. So I'm, mm. I'm always making pasta and putting so much, like just overdoing it with the cheese. But I love it. Literally, if if the cheese is on the table, the kids will just want it the whole way through. But my brother, when he was younger, he literally, it was like he had cheese with pasta rather than pasta with cheese. It was disgusting. Um, but I've got to say, I, I also find when it comes to weaning that the baby, I know it's, it's called weaning or, baby, or spoon-fed and baby-led, but I think the baby does lead it anyway to a certain extent. So with Buzz, I had read books on baby-led weaning and I was like, we're doing that. It became quite a purist, if you like. And um, and I can remember going to his eight month check and the midwife or the health visitor saying, you know, you can do purees, but there's no rules. And me being a bit like, meh, it's fine. He loves his food. And he did. But with Buddy, what was interesting is he didn't want to just pick up his food. And the reason why was because he was seeing all of us use cutlery. So he was like, why are you making me pick it up with my hands? You've got a spoon. So we did have to do a bit of a mixture with him. And then with Max, it was a case of anything goes. So I do think it has to. It, it is led by the baby, whatever whatever label you want to call it. It's it's that it is led by them. Totally. And there's days where you offer them something and they want to be spoon fed, and days where they don't and they throw it on the floor. Like it's so different, and it can be it can change from day to day, especially with if they're teething or if they're overtired or if yeah. they're you know they're not feeling well. So 
I do believe in the approach of just like a bit of both, like a bit of spoon feeding, a bit of baby led weaning, and we all end up using a knife and fork eventually. So there's no <laughs> there's no right or wrong with weaning, and that's one of the things I talk about in the book. I'm like, you know, do what feels right for you. If you're nervous about choking, you know, don't offer them finger foods yet. When you're ready and you feel more confident, then you can introduce it. I think there's there's such a hard like either or camp like but you don't need to do that you can be really flexible with it yeah you do I can remember when Buzz first started nursery he was two and when I picked him up on the first day um the teacher said to me or the lady there said um does he not does he not use um a spoon or a fork at home and I was like no because we've been doing baby led weaning I hadn't even thought about the fact that he should probably have some cutlery I hadn't even been offering it because he was just always so in with his hands um but thankfully all three kids now use cutlery I'm all fine I'm all fine <laughs> it looks much are, any, are they um any of them are, are any of them fussy did you find that some are fussier than others or they're all quite similar I would say, so they all eat what we eat, which is amazing. So we're not making different meals. Everyone eats the same thing. Um, Buzz Buzz will eat everything. Um, If we are ever eating anything different, Buddy will always ask to try it. So even if it's not offered, he'll always ask. Max at the moment is the only one. He's the baby. He's the one that if he's got broccoli and stuff on his plate, he will push that to the side. Whereas if it's incorporated in it, he'll just eat it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I, Indy's she won't eat like boiled and steamed veg, but if I fry it in like a bit of butter and some spices or roast it in the oven with some curry, uh, like curry powder, she loves it. So yeah, I think it's just about taking yeah. the veg and making them taste good. Like I don't want to eat boiled spinach and boiled broccoli; it's horrible. But if you fry it in a little bit of yeah, like paprika or Cajun or cumin, it tastes amazing. So it's about just taking those vegetables and like incorporating them to meals, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I was a little bit worried about him talking about pasta because every time I offered him pasta, he would refuse it, and he was just not—he wasn't bothered. But it's, oh, it's, no. it's only since it's only since lockdown that he's actually decided to try pasta, and he loves it now. I felt like I could phone my dad and be like, "It's all right, Dad. Don't don't worry. He's eating." It. I think the best thing for kids, I think, is gnocchi and um, orzo is really good because it's like really thin and risotto as well is always always good. Um, gnocchi freaks that- me out. Why? Because I can't get my head around the fact that it looks like pasta, but it's potato. I just, I've never been able to get my head around it. Oh, I love it. And fr- listen, if you fry it in a pan, so don't boil it in water, like fry it in a pan like with a bit of butter and it goes all crispy. It's like little hash browns. It tastes unbelievable. It's a bit of salt and pepper and fry it in a pan and that's it. Then you can also get really nice, like a pumpkin gnocchi and a spinach gnocchi, which is really good, like really healthy. They put vegetables in it as well. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, That's going on my shopping list. Thanks, thanks. Um, so I know that first time round you guys did hypnobirthing. Did you do that with Molly? Um, you know, when when she was pregnant the second time round, you're so busy with with like with Indy, and you're so busy just cracking on with life and work and looking after Indy that we didn't. She, I mean, she, we didn't start as early on, but she definitely did near the end. She refreshed it a little bit and topped up and went over the kind of. Um, the audio books and the things that she was listening to, but definitely went into it a bit more calmer because she'd gone through it. But yeah. here's the thing. She did struggle in the, um, in the labor and she actually had an epidural with Marley. She had an epidural. So first time around, she was like basically just gas and air and mm. mainly, and mainly the hypnobirthing. But then she said, Oh, this is too much. And she said epidural. And that was, it changed the whole thing. Like she went from being in so much pain to being so chilled. I remember we were like looking at things on her phone, like reading stories and looking at photos because the pain was gone and the whole room just went quiet. And it's just like you're waiting for it to come and then suddenly the baby's there. So it really changed the whole energy in the room when you have the epidural. 
Is it? Well, I guess now you've seen the two as well and you can kind of see what Isla's like. But it's not, obviously, it's not nice to see Rosie in pain. So I can remember my friend uh, before when I was pregnant with Buzz saying, look, if you need an epidural, have an epidural. You don't get an extra medal at the end of it if you don't. Yeah. Well, that's what I said to Rosie. Like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I said, Diana, whatever you want. And she just, she really pushed. Like, she went through a few hours. And in the end, she's like, look, I need to go for the epidural. And it just made it much more, you know, comfortable for her. And the baby came, everything was fine. So, uh, well, it, he was actually quite early. So I think we needed to kind of move things on. But he was three weeks premature, Marley. So he came out a bit early. And then he had an infection. He spent 10 days. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting. So he spent 10 days in hospital. The first 10 days, he was in intensive care because he had an infection. And so... That was quite difficult because I was having to go home and just be with Indy. I couldn't really yeah. sort of go down there too much. And Rosie was staying overnight with him and was there for sort of about a week. So that was a difficult start. But you go from looking at him being so frail and then suddenly now he's just a little chunk and he's so happy. Like you forget about, you forget, I totally forgot that he was like, yeah, in hospital for 10 days. Well, my, my nephew had to go in hospital at the same time because we were messaging because you were hoping that Marley was going to come home. My sister's little one was also in hospital for something else. Um, so I can actually oh, remember did... that. Yeah, he, she, came... he got home on Boxing Eve, uh, Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Christmas Eve, yeah. 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 That was it's it. just yeah, horrible when they're, so, when they're so frail and so tiny and they're in hospital. And it, it's a horrible thing to experience them going through that and feeling helpless. Yeah, well, you just, you know, you go there. And the thing is, I've got to say, the NHS staff at Kingston, like, they were so lovely, not just because they do the medical stuff, but they were nurturing, they were cuddling him. Like, we'd go in and they were hugging him and holding him. So they're not just left on their own in, in a cot with, with the antibiotics. Like, they really, they really took care of him. So I felt quite safe and happy that even though maybe me and Rosie weren't there, they were still really taking care of Marley. Um, but, yeah, it's not nice because he had tubes in his nose and he was getting, you know, antibiotics and stuff and... He looked really weak and he, they kept saying, oh, he, he might be able to come home tomorrow. But then he would like, his marker, his infection markers would go up. So it was definitely an emotional time for Rosie as well. Because to come, normally like we had Indy, we just brought her straight home. We were like laying on the sofa cuddling the day after. But this was 10 days and it was obviously being in hospital for 10 days is quite, quite tough for her. But it's all a memory now. Like we just, we just see him now and he looks so healthy, so happy. And he's, he's a big little chunk. He's got a good bit of body fat on him. He looks really healthy and he's, he's always smiling now. He's a very... He's very got a lovely energy, but honestly, the first two months he just cried. You put him down for 30 seconds, he cried. So that was very tough, having a crying baby nonstop for three mm. months. It's hard, isn't it? Because it just, uh, for me, it's that mum sweat thing I get when they're like that, when they're newborns. It's like they just overtake, like take over your body. And it obviously it's because in nature you're meant to respond and, you know, you're meant to get that adrenaline rush and stuff. Um, but it is hard when you've got a crying baby, especially when you... Because I can remember with you guys, you were out walking in Richmond and having dinner when you just had Indy. Yeah, I remember that. We were like two or... Well, three days later, we like went for coffee and then about six days later, we went for dinner and we had... Because we were just like, oh, this is new and it's fine. It was summertime. But yeah, with, with Marley, we didn't have that experience. And it was just... It was so sad. But we now know that he couldn't see because we started to realise he couldn't make eye contact. He'd just look up to the left and right. Like he wouldn't make lock on... And then we took him to the hospital and they said, well, you know, he's definitely got vision. He can't see anything. Um, but hopefully around six months that it can, the visual maturity, like your eyes can start to focus. And suddenly one day it was like a light switch came on. And as soon as he could see, he's fine because he doesn't feel alone. He can see you. Like he can see you on the other side of the room. Whereas before he felt so abandoned and it was just so in the dark that you literally could not put him down for 30 seconds. Oh, bless him.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What was it like when Indy met him or seeing her meet him for the first time? I remember it was, I mean, she was very excited because she she knew that mummy had a baby in her tummy and so she was only like, what, she was one and a half. She was quite little still, but she loved it. I mean, she, she really... She really sees him like a little pet or like a little doll. She's always <laughs> running up to him, like kissing him and giving him his dummy, and she rubs his nose. She she really it's amazing how sort of maternal and nurturing she is as a baby. It's it's really wonderful to see. But she's more she was more jealous of me being with Marley than like actually just Marley. She's not really fussed about Marley, but when I first few weeks she was like always wanted to be with me and was really clingy to me. Mm. That's so sweet though. And I, I imagine actually having Rosie have to be at a hospital meant that you and Indy had a lot of quality time together and your bond probably grew even more. Yeah, I mean, 10 days on your own. I've got so much respect for when I see how much effort and you know patience Rosie has with, with, with Marley and Indy, I realise that parenting, like I'm obviously busy with work and I'm doing YouTube workouts and I'm filming, I'm doing Instagram, but I find it tougher having a day with the two babies. Like It's so much more... 
it takes a lot more brain power because you've got to stimulate and you've got to be patient, you've got to be calm, you've got to do so many little things for other people like when, you, when you've got two kids. So I, I've got a newfound respect for parents, you know, and, and especially mums and single mums or any single dads. Like, it's, it's tough. You've got to be, you've got to work for it. Has lockdown shown you that even more? Because obviously you're not even able to go out and go to the office and go to the rest of the team. You are there, like, doing your work still, but you're there 24-7. So has that sort of highlighted it even more? Yeah, Indy struggled a little bit because she wants... If she thinks I'm in the house, she just thinks, why is he not with me now? Why can't we be in the garden? Why are we not on the scooters? Like, I have to kind of say, look, I've got to go to work now and I run upstairs and do my videos and obviously I come back down afterwards. But it is, it is confusing because she sees me there and she just wants to be with me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been, been challenging um, just trying to kind of, yeah, like, I suppose it's entertainer and it's every day feels like the same. Even when you go for a walk, it's like every day feels the same. So it's definitely been, been challenging, but I, I do love being with us. I, I, I love being with us all in the house together. Like I, although it's chaotic, I do. I'd rather be doing that than be like filming and living or working away from home. Like I love the chaos that it that brings, you know, being the Instagram, YouTube content from my living room. It means that I'm able to do what I need to do and then run down and have lunch with them or go out for an hour and then come back and do some work. So I do, I do love being at home with them. Do you think it will change how you work going forward? I think, well, my, all my support heroes, so the people that work at the Body Coach HQ, they've been working from home. So I've said, like, you, you know, do you want to go back to the office or do you want to stay at home? A lot of people still at the moment feel that they want to stay at home. But I don't know. I mean, we're always going to need an office. We're always going to need a HQ and a kind of base to work from. But I can still do a lot of my work from just from home. So my videos, my YouTube workouts I film in my living room and the recipes I do in my kitchen. So for me, I've always really... My home is my office in the way it has been for like the last few years. Yeah, that's very true. It's just a bit intensified right now. Yeah, I mean, look, what I miss is just, and what's been tough is just not being able to like go for dinner and have my mum mm. come over and babysit for two hours and we go to the cinema or have a night away. You know, we, we really love all that. We value that stuff because it's so important to for your connection to your partner and your relationship. Like when you when you lose those times, which we have, we haven't been able to go for a nice walk or a nice meal together it's it has it has been hard um, I literally get to the end of the day sometimes and I and I realize I've not looked at Tom all day because you're constantly busy doing things or you have a chart like you don't actually spend t- like you don't take moments just kind of go hi let's focus on each other a minute how are you how are you tired too are you feeling this and it, it, it's, it's surprising how 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 that just happens yeah, I think it's so. It's, I think everyone's going to be ex- experiencing that, and it's it's okay to acknowledge that. And it's like you know, don't feel bad about it. It's just the way the situation is. It's currently difficult to kind of you know have that one to one quality time. But I do look forward to the first thing I want to do when this is all over is just like go for a nice dinner and just look at Rosie and just talk to her and ask her how she is and just basically tell her I love her and just be focused on her. You know, when you've got two kids, those moments become le- you know they're less frequent because you've got so much energy to put your kids, you know, even getting your kids to bed, it takes an hour and a half to like dinner, shower, you know, bath, bottle, bed, mm-hmm. story time. Like, and then, and then you're tired, aren't you? What do you do in the evenings to kind of unwind after a busy day of parenting? Well, we love, you know, cooking a meal together, having a, you know, having a nice dinner and then maybe like watching an episode of, you know, the Ozark or something on Netflix. Yeah. We, you know, we like our documentaries and stuff, but yeah, I just, for me, I just I like watching films and just watching an episode of TV, which just shuts my brain off from everything else. Or we sometimes listen to podcasts together. So if we're in bed, like we don't want to watch a screen, we'll just put a podcast on. But yeah, I, I do really enjoy um, 
like one to one time with Rosie, whether it's like going for dinner or staying, you know, staying in a hotel overnight. I, I do miss that. I do really miss that stuff. Mm. I find it's um, quite fascinating how parenthood affects every single area of your life, and you wouldn't necessarily think that be that to be the case, like especially with your other half, because you would imagine that parenting is that thing that kind of brings you together, and you hear it so much. Oh, they've had a baby to like you know stay together or whatever, and and actually it's such a a tense time in many ways because you're both learning you're learning and you're working yeah parenting is a, is a proper like it's a proper job you know it's it's every day you're dealing with different situations different stressful situations and yeah you've got to be I think teamwork's so important isn't it and I I'm learning I really really am learning to be a better parent because of Rosie I think she demonstrates so much patience I like when Marley's screaming and crying for hours and hours now she never loses her rag she never raises her voice and I watch that and I think I can do that too. If she can do that, I can do that. So I've become a better dad because of her, a hundred percent. Like from watching her with Indy, um, you know, in the car, or if we're on a plane, or if we're anywhere. Like I always look at Rose and think, "How are you so calm?" Like I am screaming in my head right now. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I do think you learn from each other, don't you? Yeah, you do, and it kind of rubs off. It kind, it does. I think when the other person is reacting calmly, it makes you go, "Ah, oh, there's another way of doing this." Yeah, because I grew up in a situation where it was just screaming, shouting, doors getting slammed, you know, me and Nikki punching the walls and, you know, being angry teenagers and stuff. And I, I never want to be a parent that, like, promotes or encourages. I, I really want to be as calm as possible so that even if Indy's having a really tough time, I can be emotionally, you know, patient and calm. And that's that means I can communicate better with her. Um, and that is a skill. Like, you, you learn to be more patient. It, my default setting is to scream and shout and swear. That's what all I got as a kid. So in my head, I'm screaming and shouting, but I internalise it. I have a breath and I sort of meditate out as I'm with her. And then I can go, hello, darling, can I help? What's wrong? Like, what, what do you want me to do? And that's so powerful when you learn, when you realise you can do that and you've got that ability. You're not going to do it every time, but if you can do it more than you more than you shout, I think you're winning. Yeah. And I always feel like when you do go against, because that's my default setting. And I think when you do go against that and it works, it can kind of, it can take you aback a bit. Definitely. And I mean, look, you know, when you shout back at your kids when they're crying, they scream and cry more because they're more upset and that really upsets them. So it is, it's so, it's a hard skill to develop. But when your baby's screaming and shouting and crying in your face and you just want to shout back, if you... If you diffuse it and you stay calm, you can get to that solution much quicker. They, they they calm down much, much quicker than you shouting at them and saying, you know, go to your room or whatever it might be. So, yeah, it's a skill that we have to constantly learn. It's a muscle that you flex, isn't it? I think patience is a muscle that you flex, um, mm. that you can get better at each day. Well, you can feel it within you when you react to something in a really calm way or in a way that is more controlled and more thought through and going against those instincts. It it feels more powerful than any power you feel you might have when you go like losing power. And, you know, when you basically, when you are act with, when you act with anger and frustration, you actually lose all power. Whereas when you, when you do something, I mean, you react in a calm and controlled manner, you actually gain more power by doing it that way. And I think it kind of, it goes against every instinct. You you think throwing all your toys out the pram is going to give you the edge, if you like, but yeah. it's actually the opposite. It's actually not no, responding. I, to- I totally agree. Always always try, if you can, always choose calmness over stress and frustration. Isn't it? It's always the, 
It's a much positive positive headspace. It leaves you... Because, you know, I, I feel... If I shout at Indy or... Well, I don't shout at Molly, but if I shout at Indy, I, I feel so bad. Yeah. You know, I feel so bad. And so I've learned to just, like, be patient, be calm and understand her a little more. And then I feel happier because I'm being a nicer person to her. I'm being kinder and I'm being more patient. Does it make you um, understand your parents a little bit more and their reactions, knowing that it's literally, it's a toolkit that they wouldn't have been passed down, they wouldn't have seen growing up. So it's that, all it, that's all it is. It's tools that people don't have in their box. Yeah, well, my grandma's Italian, so she knows how to shout, you know. She, know, yeah. she knows how to <laughs> scream and shout. So she definitely had that as a kid and she left home really young. She left home when she was 15, so she got kicked out and whatnot. So she didn't have a... Yeah, she that was her skill set, that's all she knew. And so I've kind of and I could definitely be a shouty, impatient, snappy parent. Of course I could, but I just don't want to be. I don't and I'm choosing mm. not to be. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, you were about to wean Marley. How's that well, fitting in for promo though? You're only a month off of him actually starting to eat food himself. I know, it was definitely unplanned. It looks like a great marketing tactic, but yeah, <laughs> no, Marley just came at the perfect time. The book's been out a month, and um, yeah, now Marley will be starting to wean next month, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just going to go through the same process, you know, veg-led weaning, um, a new veg every day, like a bitter green veg for, for the first two weeks, then starting to sort of introduce more sort of combinations and foods, and just really trying to explore with flavours as well, like cumin, cinnamon, paprika, like making little butter bean mashes and homemade pestos. I, I'm going to do everything I did with Indy, and I'm hoping that he has the same response and he loves his food. But people are saying to me, it can be very different between children. So you have to just see how it goes and, and adjust as you go through it. Yeah. I love the fact that you're still taking advice as well. I love that. You're not kind of going down the, nope, I've done it once, I know what I'm doing. You're still listening. Yeah, I always want to listen. I always, I mean, I have 400,000 people on that Instagram now, and it's such an engaged audience that they've always got ideas. But I... I'll always, you know, take advice and get ideas from people. So I'm just hoping that um, Marley, you know, is is an adventurous eater. But I do think it comes down to the consistency. I, I need to be consistent, you know. Mm. I can't just crack and give him alternatives all the time and let him snack all day long because that's when fussy eating develops, when you always give them what they want. So I didn't do that with Indy, and I'm hoping that I can do the same with Marley and, and he'll be a little little foodie too. Mm. One thing you did do, that, well, you documented, um, which... I thought was amazing was um was Indy's reaction was it to almond butter or cashew butter yeah in the in the book I, I talk about that and I share a photo because she had peanut butter was fine almond butter was fine but we gave her cashew butter on toast one day and her face like it blew up with a rash and she went all red and her eyes were itching and then she like vomited like projectile vomited so it wasn't an anaphylactic shock but it was just a quite a bad sort of skin reaction and people like that I, you know I'm I'm so honest, like everything I've gone through, if it's Rosie's breastfeeding, you know, and the pain she went through or the decision to, um, yeah, like, you know, with, with Indy and Marley, or I'm just really honest. I'm just completely transparent. And I think people like that. They know that when I say something, I really am being genuine. And yeah. that's why the Instagram's grown to 400,000. That's why people really, you know, I mean, the book went, the pre-orders on that book, it was the, it's my second most pre-order book ever. And it's like a weaning book, which is unheard <laughs> of. So people really you know, responded to the engagement, the content I gave people and the advice that I shared. But I do think that with anything, if you're honest and you share your journey, people respect that and they feel that they can kind of relate to it a bit more. Mm. Did you ever, so with that, has she ever reacted to it since? What do you have to do with that? Do you have to just not give her it again or do you have to wait a few years? 
Well, we took her to an allergy specialist and they'd done a couple of tests. Um, found out she's, got, she's allergic to pistachios and cashew nuts. So right. we don't give them to her. I still eat them around her and stuff, but I don't, I don't give them to her. So they did say, you know, she can potentially grow out of it, but we haven't offered it to her since that was about a year ago. But we will, I suppose, maybe in a couple of years' time, we might try a little bit on, on her skin or a little bit on toast and see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's obviously quite, you're not too sure. We carry an EpiPen. We've always got an EpiPen and we've always got um, some liquid antihistamine in case she ever did have a reaction but a lot of parents do have um children with allergies so it's nice yeah. to kind of share my story yeah yeah and amazing that you know people will be trying different things and knowing that it's happened to you it's just that thing isn't it of looking out for things because sometimes i wouldn't even think to think that they would have a reaction because none of mine have ever been touch wood allergic to anything is that i could very easily not miss it but overlook something that was an allergy and then keep giving max it and because they do get worse don't they the more that they receive of that am i right it can go it can it can well sometimes the first reaction can be like the worst and then it, then oh, it becomes really? mild but then it could be the, also the opposite. opposite it could be a mild reaction first time and then a really strong second reaction so you've obviously got to just speak to professionals i'm not i can't say i'm a professional in the allergy thing but i just shared that journey and what happened and how we, we called the ambulance and yeah people kind of um respected that i didn't hide that like i I just I just kind of tell it how it is and I'm learning and I like to share the, the truth of what I'm going through, really. You do, and you do it in such a lovely way that it's just like, this is fact. And I love that. I love it. You have, not only have you travelled with Indy, you've travelled with both of them. You've been away, properly away. With yeah, where two did on... I go? Wait, where did I go? You were on oh, a I beach Me- somewhere. It looked amazing. Oh, I went to... I went to um... We went to Mexico. Yeah. Oh, Marley <laughs> so was... So long ago now. <laughs> Yeah, when was it? Hang on. Was it in January? I feel oh, like yeah, I'm Me- right. It's February. That's right story. I went about. I went in yeah, I went in February for for a few weeks to Mexico with my brother and his kids. And yeah, Marley was like brand new. He was literally like I don't know, he was probably four weeks old or something, <laughs> four or five weeks old. I love I love travelling. I need to do that. I need those events. I need to experience new cultures. Because I work so hard. I'm so I'm switched on all the time. So when I have those times away, it's like I'm re energizing myself and I because I give a lot of energy, you know, with my content and my, my DMs and all the love I give to people that it's draining, it drains, my kind of levels drop and I have to go away for a little while to like reconnect with my family and, de- and de- not de-stress, but re- yeah, like reload my energy and then come back and then I'm way better throughout the year. You don't strike me as someone who was worried at all about travelling with the two kids. No, I, I because look, I'm not a worry because if you do if you are a worry if you worry about choking and allergies and travelling and you know getting on a plane and long haul flights, you will never do anything fun. You're just always going to be held back by your anxieties and your fears. And so I know that when I get on a flight to a, to America or to, to to Mexico, it is not going to be fun, but it's only the, it's only a 9-hour flight and at the end of it, I've got an amazing holiday with my family. So I'm I only like I know there's certain things that are stressful, but the majority of it is amazing. Like the holiday, the beaches, the food you eat, the the people you meet. So I'm, I'm just a patient. I'm just a kind of. I'm just like calm. Let's just get there. Let's just have fun, rather than get worked up and think of how stressful that flight's going to be. Because you know it is. It is stressful. And I don't know what it's like with four kids, uh, three or four kids, but with two, it's hard enough. I, to be honest, I I don't worry. I don't worry about it. So I think having done. Australia with Buzz when he was 10 months that first flight 
what I did worry. I worried because I was worrying about the people that I thought were tutting around me and what everyone thought. I had a good cry. And the second part of that flight, I had three different people come over to me going, you're doing a great job. And all of a sudden I realized that no one was against me and that anyone that was against me, I didn't really care about. Um, and also that Buzz just wanted to sleep on me. And ever since then, it's kind of changed my view on kids on flights. You're just kind of like, look, we're all traveling. It's fine. What happens, happens. And as long as I stay calm and Tom stays calm, and we're all just we've all just got to make it as enjoyable as possible. But know that, you know, we're essentially stuck for nine hours. So just get through. <laughs> exactly. It's just teamwork. It's just distraction. It's just like games. It's it's snacks, it's anything you can do to just preoccupy them for a few minutes and then you take turns, you switch it over and then you're there and you land and you're in that amazing destination and you get jet lagged and you've got to come back again and do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to be on a beach somewhere now. I really want to be somewhere. Um, what has surprised you about fatherhood? I suppose just the kind of constant learning, like you're you're always evolving, you're always learning from your kids and you you know you you start to become I think your love grows I think when you have kids like you become I have become a lot more compassionate and understanding and I've become more loving like I'm I'm so I suppose I'm so content with with Marley and Indy that I just feel like now anything I do in life is a bonus but I'm I'm really truly content because like especially with this lockdown what is important you know I'm questioning what is success to me like is it more money in the bank is it another house is it another car like them things don't really they're they're all external they don't really make you any happier you know and so for me like having kids and a family and seeing them grow and learn that's the ultimate thing for me that's the ultimate purpose in life is to to love your kids and to watch them grow and help them be loving Mm. and so that's what I've learned I've learned that what I've learned really what the meaning of life is I suppose I wrote a book this year called Letters of Motherhood and it's a series of letters around motherhood. So letters to my mum, my husband, my kids, different body parts, strangers. Um, so if you could write a letter on being a dad, who would it be to and what would you say? I'd send a letter to all the dads in the world to say, enjoy every moment of it and try to be as present as you can. Like try to get involved in the co- in the co- you know in the kitchen and the cooking and try to get involved in bedtimes and reading stories because if you miss those times if you're so ambitious and you're pursuing a career for example and you're trying to because you're trying to build a you know an amazing life for your kids in the future and get them through an amazing school and have a, a nice life you might miss all these wonderful moments that you can't replace so spend time like read kids you know read books to your kids before bed like spend time together on the weekend and enjoy those moments I think everyone who goes through life will always look back and go I wish I spent more time with my kids and my family that's the only thing you can truly regret everything you're not going to say I wish I had more money I wish I worked hard I wish I spent more time commuting to London so yeah it would be to have fun be present and know that all these moments you have are just the most important thing in the world yeah even when they sometimes feel a bit tough it's it's so we had um Cressida Cow who's it's not a spoiler she's already been on but she was saying how the last 20 years, because 20 years, because her kids are older, they are obviously the most chaotic and the hardest, but also the most joyous. And I think we get told that so often, enjoy it now. It's not going to be here for long. It's going to be over before you know it. They're going to leave. And sometimes it is hard to love every second. And I think that's the thing. It's realising that you're not going to love every second, but you've got to make 
the most of the of the moments that are everyone is calm, that everyone is together and embrace the whole lot. I do feel I don't know if it, what it's like for you, but in some weird way, lockdown for me has made me embrace it even more in a weird way and just love the chaos. And I feel like because we're not all pushing in different directions, we've not got to worry about people going to school or not, like all these different things that often go on, like me and like Tom going on tour, me having a book. It's all we're all here and together. And I think it's reset stuff for us a bit more and it will change things as we move forward. I'm sure that's happened to lots of people. And I think it's wonderful that you've got that insight. And I think, yeah, like we're so busy all the time, always pursuing growth and success and ambition. And we forget, we stop. We don't stop and really like appreciate what have we got today? Like what have I achieved today? What have I got in my life right now? As opposed to like always, because we're just driven to want more and consume more. Like it's just the way the world's set up. But when you stop and realize that nothing you can go and buy today or nothing you can, you know, get 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 sent from Amazon is going to make you feel any happier. But being with your kids and enjoying a moment where you don't have your phone in your hand and you're just looking at them and you're spending real quality time with your with your kids and your partner, like that's that's where your real happiness is going to come from. That's where your true love is, not you know, not external material things that we're so drawn to all the time. So yeah, I think lockdown will will change people a lot of people's lives for the better. Mm, I hope so. Uh, And we end on three, you finishing these three sentences. Are you ready? Uh, I think, is it the same ones you did last time? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Being a dad, being a dad means. Loving your children as much as you possibly can and being the best, like, partner in crime with your, with your husband or wife to make sure that, you know, you support each other through it and you have fun and just always respect each other. Since having children, I... I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned to become more patient and I've learned to be more more loving towards my kids. I'm happy when? I'm happy when I'm at home in the garden and me, Indy and Rosie and Marley are just playing, being silly, like playing on the slide or having a little barbecue and sitting down enjoying a meal and just, yeah, being together when my phone's not in my hand and not trying to shoot content for Instagram or weaning things, just me and them in that moment in time. I love it. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on again. I'm so glad we caught up. It's, it feels like it's in a very different phase and than you were the first time around. So maybe in another two years, when you've got a toddler and one starting school, you should come back on again. I'd love to. I love chatting with you. And it's one. You, I've looked at my time. We've been talking for an over, over an hour. How I quick know, does sorry. it go? <laughs> I know. Um, I, I love know. it. I love chatting to you. And I do. I do appreciate you. Let me back on your wonderful podcast. And I, yeah, when I have another kid, let's make it a thing that every time I have a new kid, I come back on, yeah? There we go. Deal. (laughs) 